as I prepare to enjoy the NFL season, I've been trying to enjoy the basketball season as well. And props are one of the more fun things to bet on. It's one of the, especially in football, the places where you can get the biggest um, advantage. So you'll want to check out Monkey Knife Fight, which has these really cool prop games where you can bet on props in unique and different ways. Keeps things fun, keeps things interesting. Uh, They have a ton for basketball, a ton for the NBA, uh, and they're going to have a bunch both for week one of the NFL and currently, if you go on there, they have season-long NFL props. So go to pff.com, check out all of the great information that we have, and then go to Monkey Knife Fight and make some bets. If you put $20 into your account and use the promo code PFF, you'll get a free PFF Edge subscription as well. So let me break it down for you. It's very simple. You go to Monkey Knife Fight, deposit 20 promo code PFF, get your free Edge subscription, come back to PFF, read all of the great fantasy content, get yourself ready to go, and then go make some bets uh, on Monkey Knife Fight and uh, profit. It's very simple. It's finally week one. It's Monday, September 7th. Maybe you're listening to this on Tuesday. It's PFF forecast. We're just a few days away from football, which means... You know what else it is? What's that? It's leg day. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> um, skies out, thighs out. And uh, we have all of the week one games. We're going to go through them uh, mostly from a spread perspective, but we got a few nuggets in there as well. And we have Lee Sharp joining us to go over every single one of those. So that's a ton of fun. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to finally tell Eric, he's never heard this story before my airplane story from uh from a couple of weeks ago so let's rock Right, week one. Uh, did you think? I think I, I think I've grown this beard out in the intention of shaving <laughs> it. If we ever got week one, I feel like how good does it feel, uh, dude? It's honestly like I we always joke, and and obviously there are various levels of like caring about certain football. Like I watched every XFL game. Yeah, you know college football this weekend. The level of normalcy that just getting to watch a college football game, like it. it, it gave rise to was something i'm you know excited about so i went to bed last night feeling like it was uh christmas eve i woke up jacked and um, like like swole (laughs) i was just pumped man i here was the best feeling i went um it's labor day i didn't think of it as a holiday i was just excited went for my 6 a.m workout and this is the best feeling the gym was pitch black because no one had been in there and I just felt this is how degenerate I am, by the way. So last night, Sunday, the before Labor Day, I found a bunch of you know work related things. Put about like seventeen things about like I'm going to talk to this person about this. I'm going to talk to this person about that. Yeah. It's like I wake up and it's like it's Labor Day. They're all off. They're it's all like, off. Jeez. With that being said, it's time to talk about week one. So we've got Lee Sharp. Here he is. All right, it's finally week one, and we figured it was it made sense. To have someone join us uh, to break it down because it's that exciting of an event. And uh, the perfect person to do that with is Lee Sharp, who I'm really excited, we're really excited, is going to be a part 
um, of our team this year. He's going to be a part of the PFF betting podcast, daily betting podcast, which is going to be exciting as well. Um, and he's going to be writing some great content. If you haven't, if you don't follow him on Twitter at Lee Sharp NFL, I think I got that right. Um, you should because he's got a ton of insights. Lee, brother, how is uh, everything on the West Coast, man? West Coast is, uh, you know, pretty nice, all things considered, given the state of the world. It's uh, nice weather we're having. And, oh, thank uh, you. Rub it in, please. <laughs> Humidity here great. is... Uh, it's not great. Not great. Um, you're in Washington, and I wanted to start off. We do a couple icebreakers always to start. Um, are you... You're not from Washington. Have you adopted the Seattle Seahawks as your team? No, no, no. Chicago Bears there for some go. dumb reason. But yeah. <laughs> Is that which one's harder to root for? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, I think that the bear, I think that the Seahawks might actually be harder to root for because you know that you can be great given the position you're in and you're just not because of bad decisions. While like the bears, I, I don't know what their path is forward at you, all. It, it's really a tough one, right? Because with them, the hope like the best thing that people can get from a team is hope. The Bears, when they traded Mac, and then when you found out that Trubisky sucked. I'm like, sorry. Wait, we found that out. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> but like one, like I would say, right, your heart probably sank, Lee. If you didn't before that week one game against Green Bay about a year ago, at some point when you found out, God, like we gave the farm up for a defensive end who's really good. But our quarterback can't be replaced, and literally can't. I mean, they went out of their way to try to replace him, and frankly, couldn't. Unkillable. Um, yeah, it, it, it sucked. Um, you know, and and I I knew that Trubisky was bad. You know, after 2018, I was hopeful maybe 2017 was you know rookie year, not that great. He's under John Fox, not you know the finest NFL coach. And you know, hey, maybe maybe now you can find something good and turn him around. But even though the Bears had a really good record in 2018, it wasn't because of Trubisky. And, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they stuck with him in 2019 anyway. And I was like, well, okay, at least, at least now they know after the 2019 campaign that he's not, no, good no, 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 no. Oh, then they got me again. What about this? Here, here's again. a little silver lining for you. Cause uh, as Eric knows, I am a ray of sunshine, ever the optimist. And this is the silver lining. Ryan Pace has realized that the only way to get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence is to play Trubisky for the entire season. You know, if that if we send a, if we end up after this year with Trevor Lawrence or uh, you know Justin Fields, I'll be thrilled. There you I'll go. be thrilled. That's I, the that's the that's the optimal outcome. Yeah, I think, man, it's so tough, right? Because I mean, there are other teams that are going to be staring this down the barrel. I, I wrote in an article this week about the Buffalo Bills where I said, you know, like probably the best thing to happen to them is to for Josh Allen to not be good because they have so much runway now with Bean and, and with McDermott that they can regroup and, and get this thing together relatively quickly. Um, for the Bears, it's just simply not there right now. They, they don't have young players. I mean, they got Jalen Johnson in the draft. They got Cole Kmet, but it's like where there, there's not this crop of young players that where I look at that same division in Minnesota Miller's exciting Minnesota's going to suck this year in my opinion but at least they got nine draft picks that made yeah. the, or nine to eleven or whatever it was that made out of the 15 there's some optimism there it's just simply not there for Chicago and I think also Green Bay when you find when everybody realizes that 
Jordan Love can't beat out Tim Boyle. All right. This was an unplanned diversion into Chicago Bears. And the good thing about that is we've maxed out all our time on the Chicago Bears for the rest of the year. So we don't have to talk <laughs> about them going forward. That's fantastic. I have some icebreakers for you, Lee, because I like to try and get to know people a little bit better. Um, and I'll start week one off with this one. Um, your drink of choice is what? uh pinot noir wine generally um i like uh it's kind of a very you know sort of richer wine that i like uh and i don't know wine wine is a nice balance for me between hey like i'm feeling a little buzz it's it's feeling good but i'm not you know gonna gonna drink right where i'm gonna you know have a hangover or something if i drink too much you and you and eric are then similarly dispositioned because he's all about the wine I've, stuff. I've moved into bourbon a little bit. <laughs> that's but, what a pandemic will do to you. But but yeah, that's almost all, all pandemic, uh, you know, induced. So you're a Pinot Noir guy. What are you? Merlot, but I could do Pinot. Okay, it's, it's you could hack the it. redder the better. There you go. Yeah, like there's there's several good wines. I just happen to be partial to Pinots. All right. Next question. You uh, have to eat one meal for the rest of your life. What is it? Hmm. I don't know that it's my favorite meal, but if I'm confined to one thing, <laughs> it's probably pizza because I don't know if there's a point, like if there's any food to me where I don't know if too much of it will just drive me insane, it's probably pizza. Okay, what if pizza is obviously good. What if I confine you to one type of pizza though? That's fine. I'll okay. just pepperoni. Okay. I'll just I can eat that forever. It's I think the, it's the right choice. Uh, do you put if someone said, can I put um, hot honey on your pepperoni pizza, what would your response be? Why would you want to do that? Good. Yeah, it's sort of like when Pass you have, it's sort of like in blackjack when you have, you know, you have two tens and you want to split them, but then the dealer's like, why would you take one thing that's good and try to shoot the moon when it's already good? Like that's, to me, like that's <laughs> that's what taking something as good as pepperoni pizza mm -hmm. and trying to yes add to it add add something bad that's to it. the correct take and some people want to fight me over this but uh i remain steadfast that was a good answer all opinions are held i suppose <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right week one i have uh chopped it up we have chopped it up into three slates the good games the eh games and then the child uh, the skyline chili slate which uh i actually think i'll probably bet most of those games but the first game up is houston at kansas city Kansas City minus nine and a half. I believe it opened. Was it ten and a half? Was it ten for a while? Uh, it was eleven at one point. Wow. Yeah. Um. So, Lee, I'll let you kick this one off and give us your thoughts on uh, the Texans and the Chiefs. Um. I I had I bet the Texans plus ten when it was at ten. I obviously don't like it as much now when it's you know now it's like nine nine and a half depending on where you look. Um. But uh, I, you know, I tend to, I, I think that there's a 10 is just a lot of points, especially in times when we're, uh, you know, uncertain about how, how the effects of training camp and things like that. And I, I just think that, that it's just too many points for a team that is also good. I really like, yeah, I got, I think I got 10 and a half when it was there and I, I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I think nine is a decent price in today's NFL. Like nine and a half is okay, but obviously you want to cross through that key number. But but one of the things I noticed thinking about 
home t- home field advantage currently. You know, Chiefs are not going to have that many people there. The crowd noise is capped off at like 40 decibels, which is nothing for a Kansas City Chiefs game. You go back to December, uh, or sorry, uh, January of 2020, and the Chiefs were 10-point favorites at home in the playoffs against Houston. And and I think, you know... A as, banged up Houston team. Ba- a banged up Houston team and a Kansas City team coming off of a bye. And... And with a full home field advantage. I, do, I don't think that people are pro- – and then the other thing, and Lee, you can speak to this as well as anybody, power ratings diverge as the season progresses, right? right? Like the difference between the Chiefs That's now – you regress at the end of the yeah, season. Chiefs now versus – the difference between the Chiefs and the Texans now, even if perceptions are the same in week one of the following season, are going to be smaller from a point spread perspective. So, like, I don't know what, like, we regress to the market, obviously, just to make sure that, like, we're not saying, hey, this game has an 8% edge or something. But I would say the true number is far closer to something like 8 or 9, don't you, Lee? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that, that the, the line's overpriced for, for the tax. For I definitely think that the, you know, the line is not where it should be and that Houston's in a better position. I, I don't know why the market is so sold on full home field advantage because you know when you look at what the spreads especially deep down and and sort of try to get the market implied power ratings for every team it really just looks like they're valuing home field advantage at like two and a half which is pretty typical and i just i just don't think that matches reality maybe it does for teams like the chiefs that have at least partial fans like maybe the the you know Mm -hmm. you'll still get a lot of that effect there but for most of these teams, it doesn't make sense to me. And I think the regression point is accurate as well, yeah. Well, and home, home field advantage is so weird, too, because Kansas City, I feel like, has an overinflated one because of the way that their schedule shakes out, which they often get to play three West Coast teams in noon Central time every, you know. So, like, when we, if you go back and look and you don't adjust for those things, then Kansas City has a better than average home field advantage. But right here, none of those things are intact. Uh, the the only thing is that you get the extra sort of like if motivation or or emotion or a thing that's it. But I don't get it. I so I have two. There are two big things that um, I think about and make me feel good about the Texans here. And I have one thing that makes me feel really bad. But I'll start with the Texans, which is you guys mentioned the home field and the motivation. The last time the Texans were in Kansas City, it was humiliating, and the Chiefs then go on win the Super Bowl. If there's any trepidation with the Chiefs, it's got to be, man, like you guys just overcame these massive deficits. You feel like you can do anything. So how does that manifest itself? Well, it could certainly manifest itself with a little bit of lackadaisicalness. Now, you wouldn't expect that out of Mahomes and Andy Reid, but there are other people on these teams that play football. And I just I would think that maybe it sneaks in a little bit. The second thing with regard to Houston is... to me, there is this um, rose-colored glasses for the Chiefs, and rightfully so, because of Mahomes and Andy Reid. And then on the flip side, for Houston, it's like, oh, Bill O'Brien is a bad GM. Therefore, everything he does must suck. The Texans must be terrible because they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. And I actually, you know, Bill O'Brien, to me, as a head coach, is um, probably underrated for that reason. And um, so those are the two things that that I think are working towards the the Texans. My worry would be the Texans couldn't cover us three. Yeah, well, here's another bias, and I was talking to you about this, um, George, this weekend. Another thing about you know the favorite bias is 
how exhilarating it was if you backed the Chiefs last time they played yeah, to have not only when you back a favorite, you're losing to start the game. And some a bunch of things have to happen for you to win the bet. And betters, you know, not guys like you, Lee, or or George, but like like the average square better who probably does have a say in this week's game and the Super Bowl, given the amount mm-hmm. of time leading up. It the the fact is is the Chiefs overcame not only a twenty four point deficit, but also the ten point point spread in that game. And it was exhilarating, right? What what folks don't like to do is to bet the Texans and have that win right at the beginning of the game stolen from you by Patrick Mahomes Crushed. and I think that that's like what's kind of built into here favorite bias is a little bit overblown but I think in this particular case it might be rearing its head yeah. people remembering the playoff game and just kind of going oh I don't want that to happen again yeah absolutely I mean that's what the Texans should be thinking they also get JJ Watt um, I think we're underrating that wide receiving core so I'm with you guys on on the Texans Does anyone feel particularly uh a certain way about the total which i think right now is 54 and a half lee lee let me ask you this question are you are you heavy on any totals until you see some games played this year i i'm really not like it is very you know i i had talked with uh uh a buddy of mine who I do the super contest with about like, Oh, like, do we think that, that, you know, betting all the unders makes sense or something. And then, you know, maybe the, the offenses are a little bit more disorganized and maybe that's, that's not something that matters as much for defense. But I, I just, I just don't think we know what not having, you know, a, a, a normal off season and a normal preseason will do to teams. Does it help offense? Does it help? Defense? I, I just don't think we know. Yeah, and and like a lot of people hypothesize that the NBA bubble unders would would hit, and if you blindly bet those for the you know until the playoffs started, you would have been buried. I think Get so. We really, we, we really don't know, and I think for for that reason, I mean, we're we're certainly I think have more opinions on sides than totals. I, I agree wholeheartedly. The one interesting thing about the bubble was, uh, do you remember the prevailing reasoning for that? Why why people wanted to bet the unders? Well, I thought it was because the pace was wasn't well. No, the pace was actually okay in the exhibition games. It was simply just a bias. Yeah, I, what was interesting in hearing some people talk about it was that apparently the shooter's eye is so great there because well, it, they're the de- they don't have that deep. You know, it's the opposite of, the- of playing in a dome during March Madness. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. I, it's it's great. I mean, but they didn't foresee that. Right. You know, like so. so so there might be so somebody asked me, I think it was Adam Chernoff, who I think we all know is you know one of a professional better online. He asked me the question during the periscope about defenses missing tackles and stuff like that. And I do think there's one side of the offenses being inefficient, but the other side of like there might be a lot of just like long touchdowns that kill unders. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I could make an argument for either side of whether to bet unders or overs, especially during this time. If I had to lean one way. I would lean towards defenses being overly simplified and being a little flat-footed. And particularly in a game like this, where the continuity on the offensive side of the ball is, and, yeah. and the Texans are playing defense, uh, I would lean towards yeah. towards points. If, if that is coupled with poor play in the red zone by offenses who are not gelled, like it could be just a lot of freaking <laughs> field goals. I, like that's like the whole <laughs> funny thing about this whole thing. I don't yeah. know. That's what we long need. drives with field goals. Could you imagine? We've been waiting all this time, and first half it's like four field goals to three. 
Yeah. Right. God, please no. Okay, next that's game. Not, that's not, hopefully that doesn't sound too likely. No, no, I don't think so. Um, Bill O'Brien, my guy, will go for it at least one of those. Green Bay, Minnesota. Green Bay's at Minnesota. Uh, this line has moved a little bit. It's now Minnesota uh, by two and a half. Um, what are the thoughts here? I'll start with you, Eric. Yeah, I mean, this is a legitimate move, right? Mm-hmm. Be early in the offseason, I think May 8th, it was Green Bay plus three and a half was minus 115. Um, now now it's your two and a half. And wow, I, plus 125 or so on the mm-hmm. money line. I would say if I'm looking at this game, I think Green Bay is the only way you can go. And if you're going to bet Green Bay now, it's got to probably be a part of a teaser leg which gets you across three, seven, six, mm-hmm. and eight, or money line. I, I think betting two and a half is sort of like not the most worthwhile thing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you wholeheartedly. Um, Lee, do you, do you find yourself betting a lot of teasers? I'm just curious. I'm not much of a, of a teaser person. Like I, I, to me, it's, it's often when you look at, the you know sort of the juice or whatever then it, it I, I don't that you're taking out i don't know that it that it makes as much sense and also like i tend to like to uh you know essentially have spread out bets rather than sort of concentrate multiple mm-hmm. games into one bet mm-hmm. because that that tends to i think uh sort of reduce the variance of, of betting by having you know a spread of outcomes i was so excited so so excited when this was three and a half i think eric was probably more so excited and this is kind of an indictment on the way that we feel about the minnesota vikings this entire season um which is that we kind of think they're gonna suck um well and it's also the market wising up to what lee talked about earlier which is home field i mean like sure the vikings since 2016 have been worth after you adjust for everything about a point more to the point spread, not the actual like be- like bookmakers slash betters that shape the lines are putting an extra point on the Minnesota Vikings home field advantage. Like having having that at three and a half, essentially you're saying the Vikings and the Packers are the same team on a neutral field. But home field advantage for Minnesota is so big that we got to give that an extra half a point. I think now people are starting to say, well, that doesn't have any face validity at all. So you chop it down. I don't think anything fundamentally has changed from Minnesota to Green Bay. In fact, Minnesota just acquired a pass rusher in a trade, and this number is still like traveling down a point. I think it's 100% what Lee was talking about, which is they just priced in home field advantage way too high, and now they're reeling a little bit. You don't think part of it, though, is just recognizing that the Vikings lost Stephon Diggs that Kirk Cousins has no one that likes him in the locker room. But all that was true on May 8th. I get that. Yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm <laughs> saying that people go, oh, yeah, I didn't think about this originally. Um, yeah. I don't know. Lee, what's your thought on the Vikings? Um, yeah, I mean, I do. I do think that that you know their off season uh, was, was does not is not bode well for for their future. Um, I do think too that that you know the initial price may have been somewhat uh, kind of similar to your point about people not liking the Texans uh, with the, the DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. trade. You know, people not liking the Packers draft. They didn't yeah. get any help for Rodgers or receiver or whatever, and people kind of going, "Oh, the the Packers actually kind of suck." And then and, and you know, uh, while they're certainly not uh, you know. 
the 13 win team to allude back to uh, a previous pff forecast <laughs> um uh, <laughs> uh the uh know you know that. i even even after, even once you adjust for that right like and, and treat them as a nine to ten win team i don't you know they're not that much worse than they were the packers while the, i think the vikings have, have are more likely to to move down yeah motivated rogers uh totals 46 um i think we've uh, established that we're laying off this one so next up this is a game that i'm very excited for the arizona cardinals going to san francisco the 49ers are a seven point favorite total is at 47 and a half cardinals played san francisco tough a couple of times last year we talked to vance joseph at the combine eric I would say I would describe him as being confident, to say the least, in terms of what this team could be, especially on the defensive side of the ball this year. Um, so seven, Debo Samuel supposed to be trying to play. Um, Lee, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, seven, seven is a number, and obviously where you don't uh, you don't have to worry about the, the being on the wrong side of the half. Um, I think I kind of like the Cardinals in this one, though I think it's a, a closer closer game uh, in terms of to, to bet. Um, the se- seven is obviously a lot of points. The sort of mispriced home field advantage, I think, favors the Cardinals. Um, I think people, the market, and and betters generally are probably underestimating the amount of regression from the 49ers. And while you know uh, the Cardinals are a team, I think that 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 is tougher to 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 accurately assess but is probably has moved a step forward since uh where they were last season i love the cardinals getting seven points here i am i've said this before i'm going to continue to say it the 49ers worry me a little bit and i'm not saying that i'm terrified they're going to lose this game but i have a hard time seeing them stamp out the arizona cardinals a team that to me has improved as much as any team out there weren't that bad last year from a lot of fundamental perspectives and yet didn't have a single wide receiver that was getting open anytime anywhere down the field so like Kyler Murray all of a sudden has a guy that gets open all the time um to me this is uh this is one of my favorite ones yeah one of the things that we've always said about Seattle when we've liked them in the past is they have superstar caliber players at every level of the field. Now, Arizona doesn't, but you can make a case that they have good enough players at every level. So their defense mm-hmm. was terrible last year. Yep. Horrible. Garbage. But you look at Chandler Jones, right? You look at Isaiah Simmons. Jordan Hicks was a really good linebacker for the for the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles before he moved over and kind of wasn't great last year. You have Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson. Like, there's obviously a lot of holes there to fill in. But there's something to work with in Arizona. The The issue that I have, and I like this game too. I like Arizona here too. The, the issue that I have with this game is I'm not entirely sold on Kyler Murray yet. Can you expound? Because I think this is an interesting conversation. Yeah, so I mean, Murray, like, was... Like, last season, if you look at positively graded plays, negatively graded plays, splits... He was kind of in that like range where you know you, the Mahomes is in the world, the the good quarterbacks of the world are in that twenty five to thirty range. Mm-hmm. You know Murray was at like fifteen, right? So like he wasn't producing plus plays as a quarterback very often. 
he was limiting turnover where he plays somewhat, although he took a lot of sacks. So, like, I need to see him. I need to see him act, produce a ton of positively graded plays, or at least show the potential to. We know it's not as sticky as avoiding negatives, yeah. which he was better at last year than a lot of players. Um, but I, I just need to see that a little bit. Uh, real quick, you say this all the time: positively graded plays are not sticky because it relies on the offense to make them possible. To me, that's a Cliff Kingsbury stat. They need to find ways to give Kyler Murray throws to make. Um, the question as to whether he can make them, to me, is not one that I have. I mean, obviously, you're concerned because he graded, was it 35th out of 36 in PFF grade from a clean pocket, which is bad. But you go watch those games and you go like, well, I don't know where this guy would have thrown the ball. Yeah, I mean that's and that's the thing. The the, the question is always It's like the Tom Brady thing for The counterfactual is always a an issue, right? Like the counterfactual being like, you know, we've only seen Sam Darnold with completely horrible situations. Yep. Like if we give him good situations, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be good. It just means that his situations Here, will be changed. Here's and uh, one last thing on this it, that I think is interesting. I was talking to Seth Galina about um Russell Wilson. And he was talking about how he had heard this quote from Russell Wilson, how he doesn't like to throw over the middle of the field, honestly, because he can't see it that well. And we were looking at some of Timo's, um, you know, heat maps. And yeah, it's very true. Like Russell Wilson does not go over the middle of the field. He throws outside the numbers more than just about anyone else. How much does it hurt a guy like Kyler Murray, who probably wants to go outside the numbers a bunch, to not have anyone that can, like it disproportionately hurts him to not have a receiver that can get open outside the numbers. It, it it certainly does, but now he has Hopkins, which I mean, will point. really will really help him. Okay, um, I've, I've, we've rambled enough. Lee, help us. T t take me off the Cardinals bandwagon. Take you off the Cardinals bandwagon. Yes, uh, you can. I mean, you? if we're if we're trying to make the case, right? I mean, uh, for the for the San Francisco, you know, uh, clearly they have had a you know they they have done a good job of 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 building a team. I think you know Kyle Shanahan is is one of the best coaches in the NFL and you know uh he's clearly found a way to make uh, get good use out of jimmy garoppolo who had you know average quarterback play can make that team succeed but you know i i i, I i'm somewhat devil's advocating here i do i do think arizona is probably the right side even though i think you guys are are higher on this game in terms of how much you like it than me <laughs> i mean the jimmy g thing is interesting i could see i I think there's a real chance for him to be awesome this year, but for that to be the case because the Niners need to score more points. The defense regresses a little bit. Um, you know, I think the run, if the defense regresses a little bit, the run game being average will be exacerbated and won't, you won't see these monster rushing totals that, you know, make people excited about running the football. And Jimmy G has to throw it a little bit more. And you would worry that he just comes out and, you know, starts dealing right away because he doesn't last year he came in and there was you know he's overcoming an injury um the year before you know he gets injured right it's the first year after after um that you know kind of crazy run yeah, yeah. so he's never really had a normal start to a season yeah that's true and remember last season how bad he was in that denver preseason game and everybody was ready to ready jumping to hunt ship. him jumping ship it is this time of year. It's fantasy football time. And I have to tell you about the best place to go play fantasy football, which is underdog fantasy. Because, look, the redraft stuff is fun. I know you want to mess around with your buddies and win that league. But you've got to pay special attention to everything that happens. You've got to pick players up, waivers, setting lineups. It sucks. And at underdog, it's all best ball. So you draft, 
just set it and forget it, and you still have a chance to win a ton of money. They have a $1 million tournament this year um, that could really go a long way for me, so I'm probably going to go uh, after I finish reading this and, and get involved. Um, best Ball Mania for a chance to win $1 million at Underdog Fantasy. Um, it's really it's pretty simple. They have an awesome app. Go download the app, check it out, get ready, win some money. Okay, next up, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints, three and a half point favorites at home. Um, 49 and a half is the total. Lee, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, um, this is actually kind of a really interesting game, I think. I think it's one of the the most sort of uh, tricky ways to think about it because, you know, I, I from the from, you know, simulations and numbers and stuff, I, I think the Saints are probably the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge amount of uncertainty to me with uh, Brady and the Bucks. Um, I could see that you know, working out great, which seems to be what the vast majority of expectations are. I can also see Brady, Brady being old. You know, he certainly did not do as well with the Patriots in 2019 as he had previously. Uh, you can blame, you know, receiver talent and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I would think of him, especially with Belichick as somebody who can make something happen. And, and he, I mean, it's, it's not like he was bad, but he certainly went down, uh, you know, uh, regressed somewhat. Um, uh, the line, you know, being, you know, you know, having, having to pay though for, you know, uh, being on the wrong side of, of three, uh, is, is a little rough. Um, especially because I think that the, uh, you know, again, it's the home field advantage thing, right? You know, normally people talk about the Superdome is just this incredibly loud, frustrating place to play at, right. For a visiting team, this isn't going to be that this is going to be you know, nobody else there. And, you know, so I can, I can, I can see the bucks, uh, doing well with that. You know, if, 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 you know, you, you force me onto a side, I think I stay with, look at the numbers and, and, and go to the saints, but it's, it is to me one of the trickier lines because of the so much back and forth on, on the different ways to look at this game. I, for one, am so excited that I don't have a pick on this game. Yeah. Like, because there's so much, and I think this is like a good lesson for betters, right? And I'm bad at this, but like the last seven games of college football, there was not a whole lot of value on these betting markets. And it, you know, you could learn a lot about those teams by just watching the games, looking at the data and stuff. We know so much less about Tampa than we think we do. And this game is going to tell us. M- don't you guys agree that for all the teams in week one of this season, the, a game against the Saints, a top five team in the NFL, is going to tell us more about Tampa Bay than any of the other games are going to tell us about any other team? Yes, 100%. Yeah. And the fact that like we don't have to take a position on it is great. And to Lee's point, three and a half is just the woke number to lay if you, if you like the favorite in the sense that like this game could come down to the wire – and go to overtime, kick a field goal, and it's like, well, we were right about the team that won, but we were wrong about the cover. And it's like, I, I don't know. I let me, let me tell let me tell you and the listeners a little a little secret here. You don't have to bet every game. Oh, yeah, you, you shouldn't really. And I mean, in, in all honesty, right? That, that was I was being sarcastic. But anyways, I digress. The point being, it, people want to bet this game because they want to be right about the Bucs from the start, yep. right? How badly do you want to go up to your friends and be like, yeah, of course I bet the Bucs, yeah. you know, and they win by 20. And it's like, this is the greatest thing we'll ever see. And there's nothing wrong with laying off it and learning, as you said, that was a great point, 
learning more about any other team in large part because they're also a brand new team and you're making a ton of projection about Brady about that offense about them being on the same page so many things and the Saints are a very legit team right I mean at at all levels of of the defense is there another way to back is there another way to play this game from a futures because we're we're in an interesting territory right now Lee because we're we're also in a situation where all these futures markets have been sitting here for a long time and interestingly at least from the numbers we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers current money line of 160 is the exact same as their fan duel price to win the NFC South (laughs) so it's so it's kind of funny um but like I would say the 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 place to maybe play this because if you want to bet uh, New Orleans, you're you got to lay you know one seventy one eighty. The place to play New Orleans if you like them in this week is minus one fifteen to win the NFC South, right? Because you know we talk about our Falcons all the time, but they're kind of a non factor. Carolina's like you stop it. Carolina's even further away from that, but like you're getting a good. Like, if New Orleans wins this game, they're kind of in a in a funny in a driver's seat certainly. Oh, yeah. And and if they win the game. Like what? What are the set of outcomes where Tampa Bay is still? There's still a lot of outcomes where Tampa Bay is still a threat to them, but there are also situations where Tampa Bay is shown to be a, a goner, like by right. this time ne- next week. Right. Yeah. No. I. It, it, you know. I, obviously, you guys. Uh, you know, do a bunch of simulations, but you know, for the for the the listener who may not, of uh, you know, one when you lock in a result like this of like the top two teams, you know, in the division and you sort of lock one of those results in, in week one, it, it shifts pretty significantly the, the outcomes for the rest of the season. Cause not only is, are you just a game ahead in the standings, but also the tiebreaker is super relevant. You know, yeah. if it comes down to the same record, you know, and new Orleans happens to win both of the, the, games against tampa then obviously they win the division and so because of that it, there is there is you know good you, you know thinking ahead An- another way to to sort of play it is uh you know after the game uh when you know the results uh see if the division prices have adjusted yeah, sufficiently yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's always and i think what's going to be interesting about this year as you know as somebody that does modeling i, I would say that the the chances that a lot of these you know yes no playoff props are are properly priced is lower this year than most years because of the seven team playoff i think mm-hmm. it's going to take a while for those to get as efficient as they need to be yeah especially when the saints are playing with Jameis winston from week 12 on that's going to change things up yeah, a lot that, as well. that game i'm so excited that that game's at 425 i'm so excited that it's watch it. that we i i just i'm looking forward to watching this game just from a curiosity's sake the next game up is the Sunday Nighter. That's Dallas at Los Angeles, the Rams. And the Rams are a three-point underdog. We have come a long way. It's been a long road for these Rams. And, uh, man, I remember us back in the old studio talking about how Sean McVay could walk on water. Now that may not exactly be the um, the thought process there. Eric, you are fading the Rams in every state that it's legal to bet in. Correct. So your thoughts? Uh, I think three is too many to lay with Dallas on the road in the first game <laughs> of the new stadium. Um, I like. I think. I, I I don't like the Rams in general, but um, this number has gotten a little out of control. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and it's one of those. I don't think I will bet this game, 
but if I had to, you know, and someone was like, Hey man, it's Sunday night. Let's place a bet on this game. You're at home. You, for whatever it's worth, have some continuity, <laughs> you know, um, Robert Woods is good. Yeah. You have some tight ends that you can, you can work with. And the Dallas defense, I'm not sold on yet. I'd be interested to see the prop prices for a lot of these offensive players for hmm. the Rams. The The continuity is almost entirely on one side of the ball, though, right? Because True. the Rams defense is losing a lot of people, plus Wade Phillips. Um, the thing that Dallas is trying to overcome is two lost starters on the offensive line. So, you know, if, if Aaron Donald is worth what everybody says he is, he could disrupt this game in a meaningful way. So that was what I was going to talk about. Lyle Collins is out. Yeah. Um, Lee, does that do, you know, we talk a lot about does one player really swing anything that much, but they are really thin on that offensive line. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, cluster injuries, I do think can matter, right? Cluster sort of meaning, uh, you know, multiple players in the same position group. Um, but, you know, it, again, like to me, that moves the line maybe a point or two. And, you know, I, it's hard to to obviously not all points are equal and and swinging around a three is always challenging um i i just i you know that 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 doesn't sort of make me want to to reevaluate this game um i you know uh the 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 point eric was making earlier kind of like wanting to you know hoping to fade la but not this being the right spot you know that 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 also kind of struck out as me right is you know i think the dallas sort of hype machine is out of control yes and when you see, you know, when you, when you have two teams that you think the market may be overvaluing and they just happen to play each other, you know, as a better, you're just kind of going, well, the schedule was not a friend to me. And that's just, that's just, that's the, that's the breaks. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. And you just use that time to, um, you know, try to figure out about them. But, you know, to your point, Lee, we found, uh, and this was due to a meeting with a prominent coach that we, uh, that, the one the, the cluster injuries or cluster changes along the offensive lines are significant mm-hmm. right and it's is something that you do that is to your point like both offensive linemen can be worth zero points to the point spread but add to each other to be a half a point or yes. you know a point and 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 the secondary is still the, is similar although it's harder to model because it's harder to model who actually starts in the secondary right what does it mean to have everyone in there yeah. Yeah. but yeah. offensive line is a far more uh, tractable problem and 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 there is something there it's funny that offensive line play is less necessarily about the strength of the players than, and more about how long they played together i'd be interested to see with aaron donald because they don't have a ton of other defensive linemen that are any good yep um they've taken aaron donald and put him on the outside more and more and more and i wouldn't be surprised if he maybe it's a 50 50 split on the edge and on the interior just putting him up against the weakest guy they can find and letting him try and go get dak prescott Next up, the Monday night games, Pittsburgh and the New York Giants. We have to include the Monday Nighters because they're prime time. And um, we've got for a some new reason. Yeah, for some reason. So Pittsburgh uh, at the Giants. Giants are uh, six point underdogs at home. Eric. This number has moved a, wi- a ways, right? I mean, I think opened at a field goal maybe now all the way. It was four and a half just like last week. I think. You think Joe Judge just beat it into submission? Yeah, it's too many points um, to to lay when when you're looking at uh, Pittsburgh. Um, one of the reasons why is the Giants are actually a formidable bunch at the receiving core, and I think when you look at Pittsburgh played way over their skis in terms of turnovers and health in the secondary. Mm-hmm. 
uh it'll be a fun matchup to watch um I'm so fascinated to see what Big Ben and the Steelers look like. Yeah, exactly. I, I but I don't know, and I I I hesitate. I also don't know if we'll know after this game. I hesitate to lay a, a, a almost a touchdown with that team. Agree, Lee. Yeah, if I'm if I'm going to bet this, I think I bet the Giants side. Uh, to me, games like this are one of the hardest uh, to model because um, you know obviously when you're modeling, you're kind of taking a look at how sort of the team did last year and then trying to make some adjustments for for changes and and regressions but the you know the gap in quarterback play from the Steelers from you know Ben Roethlisberger at least as we imagine <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger to to hopefully be this year hopefully he he continues to be great but you know versus Delvin Hodges and Mason Rudolph was that was a rough rough drop and so, you know, when you put in, you know, the quarterback into the model and say, oh, hey, no, the, the quarterback's good again. And, you know, then that's fighting against, you know, the, the really low sort of advanced metrics like EPA per play and things of, of how badly the Steelers did last year. I think, I think it's a, a trickier game to model, um, even with, you know, like we were talking about before, the home field advantage being, being likely mispriced. Uh, you know, fans in, in, in with the Giants, I, I, I still think you you have to take the Giants if you're taking a side, but this is probably a stay away for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You guys basically said everything I was going to say, which means we can move on to the later one, which is way more exciting. And that's Tennessee at Denver, which is a pick. Um, there's a snowstorm. There are fires in Denver. We hope everyone is safe and um, and stays healthy enough to get to this game on Monday. Total is at 41 I I don't want to hate on Drew Locke too much, but um, I do think it is a little ridiculous. Um, maybe not ridiculous, but um, I feel like he's still getting a little bit of, of love, a little too much love, given that he played like five games, threw five touchdowns, and had two interceptions. I This is one place where I will allow a total. I think Tennessee will go over this by themselves. Eh, close. I <laughs> well, here's my thing. I had I got Tennessee plus two and a half early in the process. So it was that May May eighth? Tennessee was plus two and a half, even money. Now it's down to pick them. That's not all clowny. That is, I think, people reasoning through the Tannehill stuff. Tannehill and we always we had arguments about it. it was, mm-hmm. It's a throwback, but like. 2018, I was, you know, Dolphins were three and zero, right? They, you know, all this kind of stuff. Osweiler came in and sucked, and I'm like, well, Tannehill, like they're seven and seven with three games to go, or two games to go, or whatever. Seven and six, I think, with three games to go after they beat the Pats at yep. home. And I said, is Tannehill really bad? Is he actually bad? Because I know he didn't grade well in that year, but you look at his career and you saw a steady climb above seven yards per pass attempt with coaches that flat out sucked in many cases he he's the only quarterback that adam Gase has ever taken to the playoffs as a head coach he had two knee injuries that were unfortunate and we saw exactly what happened to that dolphins offense when a combination of super bowl winning matt moore brock osweiler and jay cutler all tried the reins there yes last season was a blip for Tannehill. But, but I don't think it accompanies a drop-off to the quarterback that should be underdogs to Drew Locke <laughs> in week one. 
I, I'm with you. I, here's what I'll say about that as well. You talked about the total, 41. The Denver Broncos lost Chris Harris Jr., one of the best three cornerbacks in PFF grade over the last 10 years. Um, they replaced him with anybody? A couple of rookies. Isaac Yadam, is he still on the no, team? No, Isaac Yadam's no longer there. They traded him for a seventh. Uh, Michael Ojemudie, third-round pick, I believe, was their uh, their pick. The the Tennessee Titans should shred the living daylights out of the secondary. Yeah, well, and an offense, you know, obviously the offensive line might struggle a little bit with Conklin leaving, having to face against Von Miller. Yeah. But, but like, this isn't the game where Ryan Tannehill is going to be found out, right? The game where he's going to be found out is when they're not ahead and they can't run play action and he's got to drop back out of the gun every time. Right. Like, this game, they should be in a pretty decent game script. Don't you think, Lee? Yeah, I, I, this, you know, I imagine all, all three of us have some, some decent money in uh, Tennessee Titans <laughs> futures, and uh, you know, I, this, this, this just strikes me as a game where, you know, if like to me, the worst case for Tennessee in this game is that it's just a very low scoring game, and 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 they, you know, they have trouble getting out, you know, the Denver mm-hmm. defense holds or something, but. You know, I just I have a lot. It just seems like the market is way off in this, and that that there's no reason at all that Denver should should have been a favorite. Um, you know, I I bet it by taking the the Denver money line as well. Um, uh, that's that you know because you know when the, when you're only getting I think we like similar to what we mentioned earlier. You know when it, when it's you know only a point and a half or two or something like that. Like you'd, you'd probably rather just take the money line value. Um, I, I think that's the right side of this. Um, you know, uh, Tannehill is, is you know, good. G- well, he had a very lucky year last year. He was very well graded from a clean pocket, which, you know, as you guys have shown, is, is st- more stable than other things. You know, I, I just don't see why Denver – I think I think that the market is just wrong here. If I had to make a case for Denver, I would say the only thing that is – in their favor is the home field advantage of the elevation, which should not go away because of uh, COVID. In fact, uh, if I were Mike Vrabel, I would probably get the team on a plane and just go to Denver right now. I'd already Um, be in Denver. Go what? I'd already be in Denver. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, what, you know, it's week one. So take advantage of that and, and, and get there early. But, um, you know, obviously they're not there now and I don't know when they're going to get a fly there, but you know, that, that's what would make sense to me. But I, I just don't see the, the values maybe cause it's a late start that affects Tennessee or something, but it just doesn't make sense to me. That There's Tennessee a ton of, you make a great point about the home field. The, the thing that Denver does in September, which is home, the elevation plus heat, yep. which is really the double whammy, the night game, I think mitigates some of that. It's not, that's not, a, not a bad point at all. Um, I, I was also going to mention, you know, the continuity on the side of the Titans. You mentioned Conklin not being there, but the passing game relatively intact. And then you look at the Broncos, new uh, coordinator. I know the schemes are relatively similar, but also a lot of hope that new wide receivers, rookie wide receivers contribute right from the get-go. So uh be interesting to see. Okay, next slate of games. We'll move through these a little more quickly before we get to the Skyline Chili slate, which, as Skyline Chili does, moves through the system very quickly. Jeez. The first May game, um, the Miami Dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick against the New England Patriots in New England. New England favored by six. Leland. 
I don't actually know if that's your full name, but uh, no, it's actually just Lee. But okay. you know, I'll, I'll roll roll with the punches. I'm from Northern I, California, right by Stanford, so I'm used to saying Leland. Leland, yeah, yeah. No, um, I. I I like the Dolphins. Um, I, I, I just, I think we have too much uncertainty about what New England is going to be. People are, are pretty confident, it seems, in uh, New England, and I, you know, I just, I, I, I just don't. I, I think we need to see it before we believe it. Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously had a pretty good year, and while Miami, you know, did sort of outperform from a Pythagorean win perspective, there how they should have done, uh, you know. I, I, I think they have the, I think they, have the, you know, there's a very good chance that they have the better quarterback in this game. Yes. And I, I, you know, I just, I, I want to see it with the Patriot, the new Patriots before I, I, I buy into it. The price is the numbers just too high for me, especially again with the mispriced home field advantage. I'm with you. I, I think, man, the new England is the such is such the variance team this year right like the set of out for a team whose set of outcomes has never been more narrow probably other than the 80s 49ers right <laughs> like there's never been a team in the league where you could just say hey it's 11 or 12 wins and right it, i think this team there's there the probability that they win between six and ten games is probably smaller than at any other team in the league right mm-hmm. and the chance that they win very few is pretty high and the chance they win a decent amount is pretty high mm-hmm. It starts with this game, though, where I don't know anything. And if I don't know, you know, if I'm struggling, I go right to where you said, Lee. I think that Fitzpatrick might be the better quarterback. So take the take the points. The, you can believe that Cam Newton will ultimately be awesome and also think that he's not the best quarterback in this game. And I think that's very possible. That's a rational thought. People Who is he going it. to throw to? Julian Edelman. That's the only guy. That's literally the only guy. Yeah. I, I don't need to list anymore because yeah. it's Julian Edelman and, and then, James White, maybe. Okay, if we're counting running backs, yeah. we're giving them life in this one. But um, yeah, this is one where I wouldn't actually, I don't really want to wait to see it. Yeah. I kind of want to bet on the team that I think actually is decent from but an offensive also- perspective. The the uh, the Dolphins picked up Byron Jones. You know, they, they went from having a real sieve. Uh, right you know, on the defensive backfield to having some guys that can cover last season, Howard last season, Xavier Howard barely played. They had the worst secondary. They had a below replacement level secondary collectively. And that you go from that to Xavier Howard, Noah Igbenogamy, as well as Byron Byron Jones safeties that weren't terrible. And then your linebackers include Van Noy, not Collins, uh, Van Noy, um, Landon Roberts. I think you're going to be okay. Like I, yeah. And plus the Patriots, like they have cluster opt outs. Yeah. Well, and yes. their secondary is not necessarily going to be the best thing in the world. You lost Harmon, you lost uh, Chung. Um, yeah. Gasecki might have a good game when the Patriots can't cover tight ends. It's like High Towers not playing. Yeah. You've been sitting at home for God knows how many months. Uh, it's about to be winter. You're going to be eating more food, drinking more alcohol. You want to make sure that you don't set yourself back for 2021. It's important. Beach season 2021 is right around the corner. I'm staring at Mike Renner. He knows what I'm talking about. So the key here is you've got to work out. And you've got to stay consistent. The hardest thing, and I know this from experience, the hardest thing is walking to the gym having no fucking idea what you're going to do. And then you sit there and you end up picking up a couple of dumbbells. You do like 15 curls, you go for a jog and you leave and it's a waste of time. So um, I wanted to find a way, we wanted to find a way for you guys to benefit from 
uh, a program that allows you to avoid that completely. And that's where moose fit comes in. Yeah, it's right. It's like a moose, the animal, fit, fitness. And what he does is puts together um, these customized programs for you that you can do in your home gym. You can do them in your home, even if you don't have any uh, workout accoutrement. doesn't matter. You can stay in shape because you've got this plan. You open up the app and you just rock it out. Some of them take 10 to 15 minutes or go all the way up to an hour, but it will keep you in shape, keep you focused as one for every day. You want to go to moosefit.co, and if you use the promo code PFF50, you get 50% off your first month. It's a whole questionnaire that you fill out, and that way you can tailor the program to fit your needs so that you are making sure that you are staying in shape, not doing someone else's program. So you want to go check it out, moosefit.co. I'll be honest with you. I do his workouts. He programs for me, um, and I do his workouts every single day. And uh, look, I'm not where I want to be, but uh, I'm getting there. And so I would suggest that you go make it happen yourself. Um, All right, next game. Cleveland at Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens are favored by 8.5 points. 48.5 is the total. I'll start this one off. This is one of the ones that I'm most excited about, despite the fact that Stefanski is a new coach. Um, The Cleveland Browns getting 8.5 points, um, despite how great the Baltimore Ravens are, is a bet that I like. My belief is that Freddie Kitchens was an absolutely atrocious leader of men and coacher of football and that just putting um, a mannequin in there would have improved them. So uh, eight and a half is just too many for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've silenced you you both with that. I like like the, the, the Cleveland side a lot. I think that you know, getting uh, eight and a half points is a pretty significant number. I, I, you know, expect some regression on Baltimore, especially being a, a defensive team. And, you know, that, that, that tends to have that higher. Also the, the, you know, the, while the Ravens built a really impressive offense, that's well suited to, to Lamar Jackson's talents. That was a brand new thing that ha- was in football last year, effectively. And, when you're you know managing games week to week i think it's it's harder for the defensive coordinators of teams to plan around that but you know now that we've had an off season even you know when in covid times you know you can still look at film you can still plan things out uh, you know i think that 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 that's more likely to get uh sort of exposed a little bit as people design to mm-hmm. defend it compared to uh, uh you know what people are expecting the the browns are a team full of people that I respect for the first time in the franchise's yeah. second history. Our guy Quezzy. Well, you have Kevin Stefanski, who, from everybody I've talked to, is one of the nicest people, one of the one of the most steadfast people, somebody who players from the Minnesota Vikings were genuinely disappointed when he left. Obviously, you have Andrew Barry. They seem to want to be a part of that sign and trade deal. They are not fucking around. Hmm. They trade. They lose Grant Delpit, so he's tra- they trade for Ronnie Harrison. There's that's clearly wanting to win. They're pairing Miles Garrett's contract with Baker Mayfield, so they got the two valuable positions. One is cheap, one is expensive. They do a lot of smart things, and this team is built a lot like the offense that, while not very good in my opinion was decent last year in Minnesota. You have two mm. wide receivers, you have two athletic tight ends, 
and you have two pretty good running backs and an offensive line that's drastically improved now that they got two tackles that are well regarded i think i'm not saying the the browns win this game although they did last year in this exact same betting betting line uh you know in baltimore but i think that they challenge in this game i think this game's a close game this game feels like an absolute dogfight to me the browns were humiliated last year humiliated yeah. the ravens i mean the the playoff game was humiliating but they were the talk of the town everyone loves the ravens this is going to be a dogfight the I'm ravens have nothing to prove this year for the first time in until a they get to the playoffs yeah everything so, everything to prove during the regular season last year yeah. and this year the regular season doesn't matter it's about the playoffs for them next up the seattle seahawks are going to r i don't know if they're yours yet lee but as a part of the PFF family the covenant. Yeah. I you have to adopt them now. All right. Yes. Um, it may or may not require an Atlanta Falcons tattoo somewhere on your body. Um, we are steadfast in our belief that at some point Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and our boy, Dan Quinn will rise again. The Falcons are two point underdogs at home to the eventual NFC Super Bowl representative, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Lee, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, this is this is this is a tricky one, especially because you know often the market will move. Uh, but I, I, you know, I've seen maybe one and a half, but it's been like minus one since mm-hmm. launch, basically constantly, uh, which is kind of surprising. Um, the 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 modeling that I do has has, uh, has likes the Seattle side more, and obviously the the uh, you know the home field advantage again, Miss Price like Seattle. Um, I do think that that's it may be overweighting the quarterback a bit because obviously Russell Wilson is just absurd. Um, so I, you know, I could, I, I do think I kind of like the Seattle position if, if forced to take a side on this, but I, you know, to me, I, I don't want to disrespect the PFF Falcon. Now. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I, I think, I think this is actually a fairly close game. It's not one that I'm, I'm looking to bet. I have a big announcement, big announcement. You're not, Huge. you're not touching this game with a 40-foot pole. I am not picking this game. Yeah. I will not bet on this game. There is no way I will bet on this game. This is another game that I'm really excited to watch. I can't wait to watch yeah. it. I'm going to enjoy it. My- I'm going to get some information from it, and uh, that's that. Eric. The Falcons were 6-2 and two down the stretch last year, including winning our Falcons, beating your Niners oh, I know. at Candlestick. They know how to get me. Uh, Throw me out and reel <laughs> me know, back in. They're just trying to keep Dan Quinn in his job. Yeah, they love Dan Quinn. Though I have heard nothing but amazing things yeah. about Dan Quinn. We had Mike Tirico on this podcast a few months ago, and we asked him what coaches he thinks will adapt really well to the pandemic, have their teams ready to go, and you know you kind of want to bet on them coming out of this thing in a good sh- in a good place. He mentioned the guys you would expect, and then Dan Quinn. And wax poetic about how much uh, respect he has for him, how much his players love him. Anyways. The um, the thing about the Falcons is there's a couple ways to look at it. The one thing. Okay. They, they've been improving from a basic, you know, uh, how would I call it? Basic strategy, mm-hmm. right? They go for it more on fourth downs. <sighs> they are running less on early downs. A lot of the things that have driven us crazy about them mm-hmm. have gone away. 
they're still trying to come back from Shanahan being so good yep. and the expectations that you know were elicited by that. Um, and on defense, at some point, they have to not have everybody get injured. Like that's really been the big deal, right? It's on defense they've been so thin mm-hmm. that it just hasn't been able to work for them in large part because you know Keanu Neal gets hurt and Ricardo Allen gets hurt. And DeMonte KZ has to play three different positions. Desmond Trufant gets hurt. Like, Deion Jones misses a half a season. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that, like, oh, they've been injured for the past three years. Now they have to be healthy. That's not that's not the case. But I'm saying, have we, always, have we mispriced Atlanta in our minds because of the frustration that has been – that has that has been the case due to what we studied this offseason, which is the weak ties thing. I don't we, know. Weak what, ties have buried them. I don't know what frustration you're talking about. They haven't caused me any frustration. Even when they came out against Minnesota last year and half the team forgot to show up to the game, I wasn't even frustrated then. Never been frustrated once by the Falcons. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, there was another game in here in this slate, but they were demoted to the skyline chili slate nice. uh for, for the sake of time no actually because it's the chicago bears and oh. i can't in good faith put mitchell trubisky in any other slate so bears lions lions are three point favorites at home everyone in their motherly everyone has hopped on the detroit lions bandwagon it's getting crowded there i'm still there but i'm thinking about selling my now very coveted plot of land right at the front of the Detroit Lions bandwagon and in this game I struggle because it feels like one where I can't imagine Mitch Trubisky comes out and does anything but the Bears do have good players elsewhere and um, so I'm a little torn I'm curious what you think yeah um, I liked this game this game opened around a pick'em and uh uh, I don't think I got it quite at a pick I think I got it at like Detroit minus one. But, uh, you know, at, at minus three, I just, mm, I, I, I don't like it as much. I think that, that I, I'd rather stay away. Like, I, you know, I think it's, it's really easy to make fun of the quarterbacking situation in Chicago. <laughs> so I certainly do it plenty on Twitter. We're, but, we're maxed out on time for that. So we can't do that anymore in this podcast. Gotcha, gotcha. But, uh, you know, <laughs> um, the, the, you know the bears do have a good defense um and and i think that 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 this game has a good chance to be close and i don't i really don't want to be sitting there holding you know lions minus three and have it you know come down to a field goal i, 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 I think this is probably too too expensive now or adrian peterson having to run the ball run the game <laughs> out by the way adrian peterson choosing to, to uh sign with a contender instead of Trying to chase Emmett Smith is very admirable for Peterson. I, if you can say anything about Adrian Peterson, it's that he's admirable. I, I have a lot of. This is probably my most bet game. But what do you have it at? One, one and a half, and then like money line minus one twenty or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Almost to the point where I come back on plus three, just because. Just because. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little nervous. I don't want to suffer um, any sort of consternation because of Mitch Trubisky just wouldn't be cool next game the Los Angeles Chargers are coming here visiting us in Cincinnati doors open playing the Bengals and Joe Burrow Uh, Bengals are three-point underdogs to the Tyrod Taylor they named him officially Mm -hmm. they have okay the Tyrod Taylor Chargers Eric 
I mean, it's Bengals or nothing at this point. Are you actually betting the Bengals? Do you, yeah. Are you excited about it? I mean, I'm holding. I mean, I'm holding my nose. I, I'm, I'm excited to watch Burrow play, but there's no way I'm laying points with the Chargers in this situation. We, I just admonish people for wanting to be right about the Bucks right from the get go, but uh, I'm willing to plant my flag with Joe Burrow and be right from the get go with him. And I am getting the better quarterback at home, getting points. Drop off and home field advantage, by the way, with fans. Not that big for Bengals fans. <laughs> no, it's it's not. This is the same number of fans that were at every Bengals game last year. Yeah. So it's not going to be a big deal for them. Lee, your thoughts? Same for the Chargers, though, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the body of water that they're playing next to is a little bit different, though. The stench off the Ohio uh, is a little stronger. Yeah. Feels a little different. Yeah. Um, it's uh, no, I, I, I just can't imagine playing points with the Chargers here. Uh, I do have uh, money on uh, the Bengals plus three, um, but you know, I, I, I think that's more certainly considerably more likely to, to be the right side. I, I just laying points with a team that I think the market is higher, especially when I was looking at um, for one of the articles I wrote earlier with like division place bets. Um, you know, obviously AFC West, you know, Kansas City, everyone clearly acknowledges the number one team. But when you look at like sort of second, third, fourth, how it's how it's mm-hmm. uh, shaped up. Right. It seemed like people, the market have mostly had the Chargers as sort of the most likely to be second place team. That doesn't really make sense to me with where they have a quarterback, even though they've, they've got some other good pieces. Um uh, you know, I think the the Bengals conversion, so they're probably a bit overrated. Conversely, when you look at the Bengals, uh, I, I think they're probably a bit underrated. They're obviously in a really tough division, but you know, people people are not high. It seems on on Joe Burrow just coming out of the gate and doing good things, and and I think there's a better chance of that than the market is giving it credit for. No, Derwin James should not be. Uh, I I'm going to bet the. Well, we'll see. Uh, we have a new props tool. If there is a shat, if there is a shade of value on the Tyler Boyd over on Sunday, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going in. You on. have such a type at receiver. It's just it's so obvious. I could have picked Tyler Boyd as being one of your guys yeah. from miles away. The Indianapolis Colts are going to Jacksonville to play Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is getting eight points at home against Jacksonville. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? to think it is just disrespectful beyond belief to be giving Gardner Minshew yes eight points yeah I am crazy I think the I think this is a game where if you're skeptical on the Colts you you do it in other ways you do you bet the Titans (laughs) yeah you do it in other ways because I think the Colts are going to try to prove to everybody that like this is a classic. This is Baltimore, and I think Ian said this on Twitter. This is Baltimore mm. versus the Dolphins. Travel down there, everybody's like, "Oh, is this line a little short? Is this line a little, you know?" And then they just absolutely just beat the brakes, smash them. Yeah. Does Gardner Minshew take you as a guy that just gets the ba- the brakes beaten off him? I mean, sometimes we saw the, <laughs> the the London game was like thirty to nothing. That's true. That's true. All right, you're doing a good job, Lee. You want to hammer that home? Yeah, no. Um, th- this game is actually not the you know I just it's actually not a game that I want to bet either way. The seven and a half is mostly where the number seems to be out in the market, and 
I don't really want to be laying seven and a half with with sort of a, a a team that that kind of as Eric alluded to, probably a little bit down on the Colts relative to the market. The Col- the the market seems to have them as the the favorite in the AFC South. Um, but you know, again, like the 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 the, the yeah. again, the Jaguars are just not. They're not. They're not where I want to put my put my money and again the home field advantage doesn't favor them either so even with the hook this is just not it's not something i can get excited about betting so i'm just gonna stay away ye of little faith ye of little faith it's all right i'll you know just let it be known make sure we get this on wax gardner Minshew was supported by one person here it was supported by one person and it it was me mustache doesn't require a whole lot of extra support that's true (laughs) all right the new york jets are going to buffalo uh josh allen and the buffalo bills are six and a half point favorites uh the total is at 40 mr eager dr eager i'm going jets or nothing really yeah okay is this a josh allen fade this is very much a josh allen fade yeah does the better quarterback is getting a full uh, almost a whole (sighs) touchdown okay counterpoint both quarterbacks suck the difference is that the jets have legitimately one of the worst supporting casts ever created in humanity. Yeah. Whereas the Bills have both Sean McDermott, which is like a huge plus relative to Adam Gase, and then playmakers everywhere else. And you just mentioned the Ravens from a year ago. The Bills are coming out looking for blood. Yeah. That's my counterpoint. It could happen. I mean, here's the thing, though. The Jets are pretty good defensively, even without Jamal Adams, I'd say. Um, hmm. And among those two quarterbacks, the one I don't think – I think Josh Allen's upside is overrated, and I think his downside is underrated. I think we get a more confined set of outcomes in Darnold. Okay. Lee? Yeah, like obviously neither of these quarterbacks are good. The Buff, the Bills, as was just mentioned, the Bills have you know the stronger defense – uh, but when you when you, when you look at this game, you know, the total for this game is forty, which is the lowest total on the on the board of the week one games, and you know that that's strongly you know con, sort of the market sort of confirming my priors of this is likely to be a very you know low scoring, a lot of punt, a lot of field goal style mm. game, and I you know I just don't I, I for you know even even though I I obviously think Buffalo is the better team especially with the home field advantage misprice again I six six and a half is just I, I just think that's too much given given the I don't think the talent disparity between these teams uh, so you're betting six and a half you're I'm betting, betting Jets. the Jets yeah, yeah. Right, land off yeah I see I see a, a strong case for that I mean I've always been a quarterback first person I'm not going to stop now um, but man there is. There is stinker potential for the Jets. Like if this is twenty nothing, I'm not surprised. I will not be surprised. Yeah. I think the Bills have have got have played over their skis on defense the last few years too. Okay. Um, That's fair. They're I mean, not exactly a front simple. seven that could take advantage of the Jets, who I think's offensive line is still bad. Bad. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders going to Carolina. Carolina, a three point underdog with Matt Rule at home. Um, Eric, I remember you talking about how excited you were to bet the Raiders. Are you still? Not at three. Yeah. So it's come up to three here. I think it's probably. What about Teddy? What about your boy? Well, as Warren Sharp once said, Teddy 
against the spread has been better than like Tom Brady. So maybe Lee, Lee has that suckered you in as well? Markets never adjust, so it makes sense to me. <laughs> um, do you have any appetite for either side of this game? Um, I, yeah, like I, I, I'd rather have the the Vegas side for sure. I, you know. I think that the that the continuity argument has been talked a lot about and is probably a bit sort of a, a overstated. Mm-hmm. But I think if there's any team that there's an exception to that for, it's Carolina, who it's just everything is different about this team. The quarterback is different. The coaching is different. Just it, every everything is different. And so if there's a team that you know is going through that and is is sort of suffering through it, I think it's probably the Panthers. And you know. Um, but the value is definitely, you know, this opened around uh, a pick'em, and uh, you know, getting getting it in low was the was the time to get in. I'm certainly not going to put any more money on it now that the price has shifted away from where I want to be. Last game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Football Team. It was the first time I haven't messed up their name in uh, in a podcast, so I feel really good about myself. Looks like it's six six and a half. I have been on the Washington football team and the rejuvenation of that team with Ron Rivera, Dwayne Haskins, and Terry McLaurin. What do you guys think? And Alex Smith. Yeah, and Alex Smith. Is this is this where it starts? They were up 17 to nothing against the Eagles <laughs> on the road last year in week one with Case Keenum. Um, to me, this is less about the breadsticks and more about the Eagles. Like offensive line issues always have secondary issues i don't care what the names are um run the ball too much on early downs there's just a lot of there's a lot of things to like about the eagles but like i always struggle laying points with them yep Uh, i'm with you there lee yeah this is not i I, like i think if you're going to take the game for, for largely the reasons you guys outlined the Washington's probably the right side. It's, it's tough because of, uh, you know, there's just, there's a lot there that we just don't know with, with what these teams look like. I think that we like, uh, you know, uh, you know, I think Eric's written about it quite a bit, like liking Haskins more than, than sort of the market seems to. And, you know, I, I, I buy into that. I, I, the Eagles, you know, the, there's injuries. I just don't. We just. We, there's just so much unknowns in this game that it's just a, a stay away from me. It's something to to learn to see. I think how how well both of these teams are doing, and and hope that there's value in it later. But I, yeah, I I don't love this game. But if I'm going to take a side, it's Washington. It's the right side. All right, we've made it through the week one slate. I'm going to give you guys each a chance. Your uh, favorite side of the entire first week. Um, Eric, why don't you go first? Um putting you on the spot here yeah uh if i can get the eight and a half mm. i'm going to take the cleveland browns football browns i like it lee i think that the side that i'm most excited about is probably the tennessee titans very nice uh both of those up there on my list um but I will diverge just to give a little bit of flavor here. And I'll go with my Arizona Cardinals against my San Francisco 49ers getting uh, seven. You're a bigger man than me because Houston was on the list, although the number's bad. Yeah, see, I was going to go Houston until it dropped. Um, so if it gets back to 10, 
uh, take Houston. Are you well. a are you an emotional hedge uh, better, George? No, no, of course no. not. No, okay, no. Don't worry. Yeah, he. he <laughs> you didn't have that much on the on them in the Super Bowl, but it was. No, I, I you had didn't have anything on the Chiefs. Let's put it that way. I did. I bet oh, the Chiefs wow. a ton. Oh, I bet as soon as the number came out, I oh, hammered okay. the Chiefs. Because okay. I thought it was ridiculous. The one that we, you lost that was just a horrible, horrible, like bad beat Hall of Fame was the teaser, the plus eight yes. under 60. Was an absolute. Just a nightmare. 60 was a slam uh, dunk. We really, just, you just have to get it in <laughs> No, there. you have to get it out, though. That's you true. You have to exercise <laughs> Therapeutic. Therapeutic. All right. Um, Lee, you, we can follow you on Twitter. It's at Lee Sharp NFL, right? I didn't mess that Correct. up. Correct. Right? And you will be hosting, um, uh, co-hosting part of the new PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm really excited for that. Your content has been awesome, man. So welcome to the team, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us, buddy. Awesome. It's really uh, exciting to be here. Uh, you know, ever since uh, you know I've started, especially uh, seeking down this path, I've really always uh, admired what what Pro Football Focus has done and the approach things. And this podcast has always been a, a a must listen to me even back in the the sampa ranta days oh, so appreciate uh, you. it's uh it's good what to, we uh, need to do uh, to feel honored to be on it and uh <laughs> i'm excited to be working with you guys and uh, uh help produce good content lee you're one of the best and and we're really happy to have you as well what we need to do a little sampa ranta we need to have a sampa ranta yeah. something in the in the studio here yeah um treasonous tangerine needs to make a Treasonous. What was one last comeback? Treasonous tangerine. I forgot. <laughs> just, get a, just get a bottle of a fake bottle of Samparanta. Just put it right in the middle of the table. Yeah. Treasonous tangerine seems so quaint now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we'll go out. Thank you, Lee. Guys, it's uh, it's Monday of week one. So if you aren't ready for this season, you're going to need to cram a lot over the next couple of days. And uh, we're here to help you guys out. Kickoff thirty promo. Kickoff thirty. 30% off any PFF subscription. And I mean, you could probably spend from now listening to this right up until kickoff straight, just preparing yourself by reading all the fantasy content. The draft kit has everything you could possibly need, all the NFL prep content, betting, props. There is something for absolutely everyone at pff.com right now. So make it happen. Take advantage of 30% off. Get yourself ready for the season and keep yourself prepared in season because you're going to want to make sure that you're placing smart bets, whether it be on props, whether it be on sides, college or NFL, NFL and college green line are both live. Those betting dashboards are new and improved. So go check it out. And uh, if you're prepping for, you know, maybe your team's already out of it. Draft guide is also there. So you can start prepping for the draft, which will be here before you know it. I just can't tell you. There's just so much stuff. So go make it happen. Kickoff 30 is the promo. 30% off. PFF.com. Get it. Lee is awesome. Definitely go check him out on Twitter if you don't already. Read his stuff. I've learned a lot uh, just from reading uh, the pieces that he's done already for PFF. And then uh, obviously he's going to be on the, the Daily Betting Podcast, which should be awesome. It's now time. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So a couple of weekends ago, I am traveling back to Washington, D.C. to visit my girlfriend. And this flight is usually about an hour. It's a very short flight. Because of the pandemic, there are no nonstop flights. I'm taking a, I'm stopping uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina on my way. So I've got two flights to kind of worry about, but I get lucky. And I have some status on American, so I get upgraded. 
So I'm oh, good for you. Exactly. But this is important because I usually overreact to anything negative that happens, particularly at airports. At airports. Yes. So I'm feeling great about myself because I've got first class seat. No one's going to bother me. I'm going to get to Charlotte and then I'm going to get to DC unscathed. No one's going to come close to giving me um, the coronavirus. So there, it all starts poorly. There's a car accident on the freeway, which means I'm risking being late because uh, I already always cut You're it. already in an Uber. Which <laughs> yes. is just... But I cut it close every time. And so I am sprinting uh, down the Cincy corridor to get to my flight. I make it, but I've gotten a nice little uh, workout in. I'm sweating a little bit. So I'm just so relieved to sit down in this first class seat right away from any riffraff that could potentially disturb me. Okay. So we take off and uh, the guy next to me starts to eat. And of course, he has to take his mask off to to do so. And I'm like, okay, listen, buddy, you know, this is a 40 minute flight. Do you think that maybe you could have saved your trail mix 40 minutes? Like, would you have survived not eating on this 40 minute flight? But I'm already sweating. No need to get worked up. Let me chill. I'm sure he'll be done soon. So it turns out that he's eating Pringles and not the small Pringles, the tube of Pringles that you could like fit a human body in, you know, one of those. He's eating that tube of Pringles. So I pull out my laptop. I've got on my lap. I'm kind of angled away from him, you know, so that like, don't have to get yeah i'm not in in uh, breath shot all of a sudden eric in front of my computer screen appears the tube of pringles you set it on your this motherfucker <laughs> offered me some of his pringles he held the tube of pringles in front of me wondering if i would like to stick my hand into the tube of pringles grab one and then put it into my mouth i i i almost i froze i didn't know Freezing's what to do probably the right thing to do i didn't know what to do yeah i didn't want to say anything because i didn't want him to then say something back to me mm-hmm. so i think i handled this well i just shook my head and waited for it to disappear and eventually it did i'm so proud of you thank you I didn't. I didn't swear. Look, <laughs> I don't require that much of people, but it didn't take me that long. So here's the thing: I sometimes eat around you. Yeah. I don't waste it on bad stuff like that, though. Well, and you don't you don't stick your hand in your in your bowl of uh, of salted peanuts, rub them around a little bit, and then go, "Hey, buddy, can we talk for a second about? Can we talk for a second about if the if I die, I die thing?" Because I feel like this is a it's a direct a consequence nice transition. Of this. No, because there are people who are like, look, I wear a mask that they make me. And and then you can tell immediately by their actions that they don't really care, which yeah. is like to like Which is this? Yeah. Which is and you're like, Wow, you're just kind of getting going along to get along. Like yeah. you don't actually care if like you breathe in this like deadly virus to me. Is that worse than just being one of these people that gets on the internet, like throwing things at Walmart employees? Ooh, is it worse? Is it worse? Because I, I feel like it's worse. I mean, you are a huge fraud. 
like at least you're being true to yourself if you're if you're on the internet casting spells on people you know um but but here's the thing we can't it lulls you into a false sense of security that's my issue like i felt safe for 10 seconds yeah exactly and then all of a sudden i was worried i would put and it's not about here's the thing i don't want to get too into this but here's my thought on it look am i worried about dying no i'm not yeah I am worried about being contagious and spreading yeah. this to you, to Tyler, to the people, to Chris Collinsworth, yeah, yeah. who works who's, here, yeah. who probably, because he's in good shape, won't die either. But guess what? It's not about that. Right, right. It's about not being a fucking idiot. Right. So, like, that's what I, that's always my issue with. And that's why it actually mattered what he said, because it gives, like, because I, I, it's the same thing. If I, if Alex Jones sits next to me on the airplane, I'm going to, I'm going to be like, sir, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to get another seat. But this, if somebody else is like playing the game kind of half assed, like that's worse that, in my yeah. opinion, than like, it's just not hard to not be stupid that's, and to care about people, like just a, just a care a little bit. Up. Because if we do, here's, it's the, over. Here's the beautiful, the beautiful thing. If we do, and if NFL players do, we're going to get to watch NFL football. And I want to go to Tampa. I want to go Damn to Tampa. It. So do I. <laughs> so enjoy week one. We'll be back with you. Uh, we're going to record Wednesday night. So we'll have it Thursday morning. Um, we'll get some props in there. We'll prep you for Thursday night. We'll talk a little bit more about week one. <sighs> Love it's, you guys. It's here. See you guys. Soon.